You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Peter Fredrickson. Peter, thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you so much, Brainerd. Peter, uh, we're talking about your show that um, was running through October 8th of 2022 uh, called No, 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 No. And um, Massey Klein. Uh, so to begin with, you know, I saw the show and I, I really loved it, and I, I want to go through it all. But of course, the title is great. It's funny. It's um, it's fun to say. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> can you t- can you tell me a little bit about that and, and as it as it casts a kind of um, theme on the show? Yeah. The so in general, uh, I like to put a little bit of importance on titling. Uh, you'll never see a, you know, like an untitled piece from me. Uh, I like to really put a lot of uh, work into uh, just find, finding a happy medium between the work on the wall and also the work that exists right next to the wall, you know, the title of the piece. Uh, and. So the, uh, whenever I do a, a solo show, and I've had a handful of them at this point, so you know, it's, <laughs> I don't mean to make it sound like I do this all the time, but uh, I, I like to definitely make sure that I capture some sort of overarching uh, feeling. And it was easy with this show because uh, uh, there, there are five pieces in the show that have ascending uh, uh, no's in them. So there's no, and then there's no, no, and no, 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 and so on and so forth up until you get to the five no's. Uh, so it, it felt like a, a no-brainer. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the works themselves, you know, they're dealing with, uh, well, kind of a lot, but uh, panic being one of them. So, you know, when you say no, 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 you kind of feel like, something is impending, something's about to happen, you're, you're uh, hoping that something doesn't, it may, maybe it is a plea, uh, but then there's also some denial in there, there's certainly defiance as well, uh, no is kind of a protest word, uh, so yeah, I, I kind of wanted to capture all of those different feelings in one show title. <laughs> I like that. So, you know, when I came into the show, uh, of course, it's in the back of the gallery. The the works are are um, are small, right? They're they're on, on linen and they're, and they're embroidered, which I, I really want to get into. I was immediately drawn to like the back corner where there are what looks like sticks of dynamite all over the wall. And that really stands in contrast to the rest, but seems to have kind of a dialogue with that work, right? This is in, in that case, this is an installation, an arrangement. Um, and it's, you know, very different than the others. The others you could are diptychs or, or, or individual images. But those are approached differently. I mean, they're, they're fabric. But tell me a little bit about those. That felt like um, it has a pivotal reason for being in the show, but it's a completely different approach to materials in some ways than the rest of the show, Right. Yeah, so, you know, I, it's funny that you would say that because I honestly don't feel about them as being too terribly different. Uh, the embroideries are fibrous in nature, of course. Uh, it's, it, you know, fiber works. And then the uh, the sticks of dynamite, uh, the, that's a piece called duds. Uh, and 
those are, you know, they're, they're all soft sculptures. So they're different fabrics. There's some cotton fabric in there. There's some uh, marine vinyl, like a car vinyl. There's some uh, patent leather. There is felt, just you know, like a, 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 a poly felt. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, it's funny. I, <laughs> I feel like they are inherently different because they're three-dimensional, but they're also up on the wall in the same way that the embroideries are up on the wall. So uh, I think that they speak to each other in that they're all fiber works, and then also they're playing with the same kind of, uh, you know, like – darkish humor uh the the idea that uh these dynamite these sticks of dynamite weren't going to work <laughs> is uh you know that that they are like then used as decoration uh it feels in the same vein as a lot of the subject matter that i'm dealing with in the embroideries right i guess i meant yeah that they are of course the, the same subject matter and have that dialogue and with it with a narrative you're creating it was just the the way they were the way they were hung, and the fact that they they didn't seem to be little individual pieces on their own. Although I suppose they could be, but that they were, yeah, somehow in dialogue with all that, or, or had an important contribution in terms of how the viewer perceives the whole show. Because I initially perceived those as, um, and, and 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 upon initial glance in the show, without reading the press release, just walking into the show. Uh, I immediately got a kind of comic feeling, you know, this, this sense of, um, and, and as you say, kind of darkly comic, this sense of, of dynamite, right? And Bugs Bunny and different cartoons where um, really horrific things are happening and it all seems very funny. Uh, and, and so those seemed to fit in with the whole theme. But, um, but just in terms of how they're like hung on the wall and, and, and displayed and, and their message, was was a little bit different in terms of how it's approached. I, I guess is how I was thinking. And 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 these works in particular, um, the sticks of dynamite. There's a whole arrangement of those. I mean, it, it looks like over a dozen of them on there. Uh, they're meant to be that grouping, right? Those aren't really meant to be individually hung on the wall. That's a that's a grouping. So this is this is a funny conversation. Actually, uh, uh, there are 22 of them. They are kind of scattershot on uh, across uh, two different walls, so it's uh, they take up a corner, and uh, yeah, they they are meant to be viewed together, but also in an effort to kind of make them uh, to, to offer something to people that are maybe less uh, maybe they're dipping their toe into collecting or maybe they just liked it. I wanted to offer them individually so people could buy single pieces of dynamite if they wanted for a relatively inexpensive uh, uh, price. Uh, so <laughs> mostly I couldn't imagine one person deciding that they wanted to hang 22 sticks of dynamite in their homes, but I guess I'm not a collector. So what do I know? <laughs> and, um, and so this show and, and previous shows that, that you may have had, but this show in particular is, um, like the the content, which I want to get into and, and talk about individual works. But when were these made? Are, are these, and the reason I'm asking that is, you know, is part of this sense of um, of panic and and what you're dealing with the nose um, and and all of that it kind of connotes. Is this something that was influenced by the the pandemic? 
Oh yeah, certainly. Uh, uh, <laughs> the, the, all the all the works in the show are from 2022, uh, so they are definitely all pandemic pieces. And of course, that's not the only thing that I'm responding to. But yeah, yes, uh, uh, a couple of them very specifically uh, 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 pandemic pieces, uh, like in uh, talking about the pandemic. And and which pieces were those? I mean, I'm looking at um, stuck only until it's no longer convenient, which seems like it could be, but I could be reading that wrong. Uh, and, and that and that piece seems a little different than the rest in some ways. Uh, that yeah, that one uh, feels uh, a little different for sure. Uh, it, specifically, the pandemic pieces that I was thinking about uh, as as pandemic pieces are that one. Uh, and then there's another diptych called Out from Under Rocks, Clearing the Crust from Dreary Eyes and Seeing Friends Again. And then uh, the third piece is Some Locks Won't Hold. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, to, 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 yeah those are great. I mean, Some Locks Won't Hold, yeah, was uh, struck me as very funny and in, in terms of its imagery right away stuck only until it's no longer convenient seemed uh, a little more mysterious and, 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 and almost upsetting out of context of, of the narrative it may be part of. Um, so, so let's talk a little bit about that one, stuck only until it's no longer convenient in, in terms of what that means in terms of a title, but also maybe before we talk about just that title, these are embroideries, right? What, what, what amazed me was looking at these closely, which – you can see a bit online, and people will be able to see that here as they, as they kind of maybe pinch and zoom a little bit. You get closer, and you see the stitching. And it's kind of a remarkable process because initially I thought, this, this must be programmed. This, this couldn't be done by hand. But I know you did do it by hand, right? This is all done with a sewing machine, with a shoe removed, and you're, you're, you're very carefully moving the linen through it, right? This is a process you invented, correct? Oh, I certainly didn't invent it, but that you're you're right about every other part of that. Yes, <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure that somebody much smarter than I am invented it very long ago. But uh, it's a, a process called freehand or free motion, depending on who you speak to, uh, machine embroidery. Uh, so yeah, it's you know the the simplest way that I can describe it is that it's like drawing or painting with a uh, needle and thread on a sewing machine. It seems enormously painstaking. Unlike paint, you know, this is, of course, uh, a very different way of getting color on linen, canvas. Uh, it's, is it, it seems almost impossible to make a mistake. I mean, it looks sort of immaculate. We don't see thread sticking out. It's, it's a beautiful surface to come up close to and has uh, and and right. I mean, it's not that you invented that process, but I mean, this way of working is is something I haven't seen before in an art gallery. I've seen embroideries certainly in different places, but this kind of hand machine embroidery, as you're saying, seems um, uh, just a beautiful way of working, a beautiful way of applying color, but also a way that seems. Uh, I don't want to say like magical, but it's kind of wowing, and it seems kind of like how how could this happen? How could this how could this be almost? Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, maybe you're beyond that. You don't see that, but as a viewer, it seemed 
Yeah, like what we're what we're looking at isn't isn't a painting. It's a it's a type of painting with thread, but it has a a quality to it that that pulls us in in a different way, and it is a bit wowing, and it creates a a, a lot of I suppose associations within different viewers. Uh, why I guess I'm getting to did you choose this particular way of working for these images? Man, that is a great question. You know, to be honest, um, ages ago, uh, back when I was in art school, uh, I was introduced to just the concept of embroidery as artwork. Uh, there was a, a phenomenal uh, instructor. I, I went to the School of, uh, school of the Art Institute of Chicago for a couple of years, uh, uh, shit, a long time ago. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it was a long time ago. Uh, and uh, I, uh, I, I studied under an instructor. His name is Daryl Morris. Daryl Morris did these exquisite, very uh, uh, autobiographical uh, little embroideries. They're hand embroideries, and he would do things like embroider with his cat's hair. And, uh, it, they, they were gorgeous, and he opened up my uh, my my worldview a little bit in that uh, he he made fiber art that was not. You know, your typical fiber art, it was very uh, uh, figurative, it was uh, very narrative, and I really loved it. And I, I tried to run with hand embroidery myself. I did for a while. And hand embroidery is a, a uh, labor-intensive and I would say uh, sadistic practice. It is something that takes a long time and it is just so, uh, it is underappreciated truly uh, and that it's just I, I feel like that is the history of embroidery in general it's been used as embellishment it's you know you put a you, you monogram something and like that's uh, <laughs> that's the extent of the of embroidery that people are familiar with, or you know that, or like something that you put in the bathroom that says you know lift the seat. Uh, so I found myself getting really exhausted with hand embroidery, and a friend of mine uh, was working in a, uh, a a shop like a wood shop at the school at the time and one of his responsibilities was working with sewing machines uh, he had to maintain them and he told me you know uh have you ever tried doing free motion machine embroidery and i did some quick googling and i was like i've got a sewing machine i should try this and i mean you know this is uh four or five years later and it, now now i'm able to actually make things that I'm truly proud of. Uh, it was a lot of trial and error, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, sometimes every once in a while I'll do something and I'll, I'll look at it and I'll say, "Wow, you know what? That is pretty good. <laughs> good, good job." <laughs> That's cool. Um, so the, the the work we're talking about stuck only until it's no longer convenient. Um, in in one way, it, it seems obvious, but there's this kind of mystery going on there. This is pandemic related, and is it is it as literal as it sounds? This is um, about being at home or stuck. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So the piece, uh, I, I don't know uh, how how these are being viewed, but uh, the piece is a diptych, 
And uh, in one frame, uh, if they're being read left to right, uh, in, in the left frame, uh, there's a hand that is uh, being handcuffed to uh, another person's hand. And then the right frame, a separate panel, uh, there's uh, the same hand that was, uh, same hands being uh, handcuffed without handcuffs and playing with some, some keys. Uh, Kind of giving, implying that there's a way out, uh, and I was thinking certainly about uh, being, you know, people especially uh, 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 being their own worst enemy uh, when it comes to, say, you know, like pandemic-related uh, stuff. Uh, certainly not limited to that, but. Uh, really kind of shooting yourself in the foot when you have everything uh, that's available to you, you know? It's a, certainly a, a little bit about anti-vaccine, about denial, about, uh, yeah, that kind of stuff. Uh, but then I also really kind of wanted to be a little cheeky about it. Uh, certainly wanted to, you know, I, I, I guess present kind of, you know, like a, like a, a problem and a solution all in one piece and whether or not it's being utilized is kind of up to the viewer. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of, kind of similar to vaccination and wearing a mask and all of that. And there's another piece that I just wanted to talk about, forced to perform, that also uh, was a little enigmatic. I mean, they're all enigmatic to, to some degree, some more than others, but forced to perform, which is also a diptych, only um, these are vertically stacked, and um, we have what looks like a diving board on the top and a, and a, and a glass with um, a liquid in it below it. What's happening here? <laughs> uh, this is uh, uh pretty referential when it comes to cartoon itself uh, as a medium, uh, but uh, kind of with a darker spin on it. So uh, I'm sure that you've seen this before in cartoons, especially like Looney Tunes, where you're, uh, you've got a character up on a high dive and the pool that they were supposed to be diving into has been replaced with a, a small glass of water. And it's just kind of about uh, unrealistic ex ex uh, expectations and it's about uh, really kind of having a lot asked of you, maybe with very little payoff. I like that. Yeah, there's, there's so many associations with those because, of course, now that you say that, I can think of that scene exactly. I mean, usually they end up landing in that glass, completely squishing themselves inside that glass, impossibly so, right? It's a, it's a funny moment, but also something that, is impossible and has this, uh, I suppose, you know, overtone is how I understand what you're saying as, uh, yeah, as these impossibilities were, were asked to do like, um, like making a living, like, you know, caring for each other that, that, that are, that seem, you know, natural enough, but they're, but they're not easy. Uh, all, all of these things, right. I mean, I, I don't know if that extends to something specific. I, I see that as, yeah, in in general, we have uh, um, in relationships and everywhere else these kind of tasks that are that are almost nearly impossible. I don't know if you were thinking of it with a specific task or not. 
Uh, it's certainly not anything specific. It's, uh, you know, it, to be honest, uh, sometimes it's even the more mundane tasks that just feel impossible in the moment that occupy so much of everyone's day. Uh, it, it can it can feel, you know, that level of impossible. And it's so interesting. Well, it was a beautiful show, uh, Peter. It is a beautiful show um, for those listening. You know, before the eighth, they can catch it. Uh, and of course, there's images here, so everybody can see what we're talking about. I want to ask you uh, one more question, which is off topic, which is, what are you reading at the moment, Peter? I just finished a book like days ago, so I uh, have. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and talk about that, and it's uh, <laughs> appropriately enough. It's a pandemic book. Uh, it's a novel called "How High We Go in the Dark" uh, by uh, Sequoia Nagamatsu, uh, and it was a beautiful story. <laughs> it's a series of short stories that uh, are strung together and it's, it, it spans uh, millennia uh, all about uh, a virus that hits the, uh, it hits the world and it just kills children. <laughs> it sounds really dark, but it, it is dark, but it's beautiful and uh, a really lovely, relatively quick read. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today and for making this beautiful show. Peter, I just want to thank you for talking with me today and wish you well. Oh, thank you so much, Brainerd. I really appreciate that. It's so nice to get to speak with you. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. <laughs> 